Welcome to the Farming Without the Bank podcast, the show with a no BS approach to money. Hosted by a farm strategy expert and authorized IBC practitioner. Join us as we get real and expose the flaws of traditional financial institutions in order to help farmers take control of their finances, create peace of mind, grow their wealth, and leave a legacy. Now, here's your host, Mary Jo Ehrman. Hello, and thank you for listening in to today's podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the tax advantages of the infinite banking concept or farming without the bank, whatever you want to call it. I call it the infinite banking concept because that is the concept that I teach, and that is a concept that R. Nelson Nash developed. So let's give credit where credit is due today. But I got an email from a listener that said, I would love to hear about the tax benefits of IBC. And I believe those were his exact words. Um, I guess I should look at his exact words. But a lot of people might think that this is a a tax shelter, that we can put money into dividend-paying whole life and we have a tax shelter, and you know, or a tax loophole. And I really hate those words because this is not a loophole. This is just an advantage to taxes. We're not doing something deceptive here. And the word loophole means that, oh, you're doing something deceptive. And, you know, farmers have a tax loophole because they can write off equipment that's heavy equipment or they can write this off or write that off. And so even in your industry, people get upset because farmers get all these tax write-offs. Well, then go be a farmer and you can get that same tax write-off or you can get that same tax advantage, right? If you understand the tax code and you use it to your advantage, guess what? You win. You, I don't care if people like Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, but people are upset because he may not pay taxes. Well, if he has real estate, the tax code favors real estate. So if you don't want to pay taxes, go buy some real estate. It's the exact same thing. He just understands the tax code and he's using it to his advantage. The same thing that you can do, the same thing that I can do. So when we're looking at using dividend paying whole life, you pay taxes before you pay premium. You have to claim all the income on your tax return. And then you pay premium. You don't get some kind of tax break on the premium. You don't get to write that premium off because it's premium. You get the death benefit income tax free. Would you rather pay taxes on something you pay 50 cents today? Or would you rather have your heirs pay tax on a dollar tomorrow? That's what you're deciding. I'd rather pay the tax on 50% today. Will I possibly have some deductions? I don't care if I have to take all this money as income because I might have kids at home. I still, I might have loans at the bank that I get to deduct the interest as an expense. I have cows I get to deduct or I have equipment I get to deduct. Today I have expenses of running my business 
that I get to deduct. You have expenses of your operation that you get to deduct. So tomorrow, when you don't have those expenses, if you quit farming and you start renting out your ground and you have more income coming in, you get to utilize the cash value income tax-free when you borrow against it, okay? So there are tax advantages of utilizing cash value inside the policy, but those tax advantages, you have to utilize that money correctly. So you have to borrow against the cash value and there is no tax implication. Borrowed money is not a taxable event. When you go to the bank and you borrow money for operating, you don't have to claim that on your income tax return because it's borrowed money. So if you've got money inside of a life insurance policy and you borrow against the cash value, you don't have to pay taxes on that. It's borrowed money. Now, that is only if you keep it under the modified endowment contract, okay? And if the policy crosses, it's called a modified endowment contract. In simple terminology, and this is all Mary Jo terminology because I like to keep things very simple for my simple little brain. There, The government came in in the 80s and said, hey, hey, all you millionaires, you're sticking money into whole life insurance and it's all growing income tax-free. You're avoiding taxes. We want our fair share. So they created what's called the modified endowment contract. I call it the MEC line, Okay. Basically, what happens is if cash value gets too close to death benefit, it will cross that line, and then everything grows taxable. Then when we borrow cash value, the interest earned will come out first. Okay, now I'm getting very technical in this podcast, but that's the email I got. That's what we asked for. So life insurance, by the tax code today, It says first in, first out, if it does not mech. What that means is my premiums that I put in first can come out first without taxation, okay? If it does not mech. If that policy mechs, it is last in, first out. That is exactly like an IRA. The interest earned comes out first So you're going to pay taxes and then you get to your basis. Basis is the amount of money that you've paid in, okay? That's just a fancy word for the amount of money you've paid in. So we don't want to cross that MEC line. And when we set up a policy, we set it up so you don't cross that line. So what happened is in the 80s when people said, when the government came in and said, we're going to create this MEC line, people stopped using whole life insurance. Well, you don't have to stop using it. You just have more than one policy. If you get one filled up to the MEC line, you just start another policy. Nelson had 49 life insurance policies. Now, if you're just joining, this is your first podcast. Nelson is the founder of the concept. Nelson Nash had 49 life insurance policies because guess what? They don't tell you you can. You have to limit your number of policies you own. It's just per policy. You can't cross that MEC line. So if we don't cross that MEC line, everything grows income tax-free, okay? We get to use that money. We get to borrow against it without paying any taxes. If at retirement, we want to 
take money out, which is not the same as borrowing against it, but we want to take money out and we are not crossing that MEC line, what comes out first? What we put in. So there's no tax implication. So we can take out the amount we put in and then we can borrow against the growth and never have to pay taxes. Now, the death benefit, there's also a tax advantage. So our heirs are going to get the death benefit income tax-free. That's absolutely fantastic, right? We may have paid 40, depends really how old you are. If you're young, we're maybe paying 20 cents for every dollar of death benefit. So I paid 20 cents today so that my child can have a death benefit of a dollar and she's not gonna pay income tax on that. So 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 cents on the dollar, depending on your age. And that's all going to go to my heirs income tax free. This is where it gets good, people. Now, if I go to my, if it goes to my heirs income tax free, and they take that death benefit and they buy more life insurance with it, and they keep it underneath the MEC line, it's all going to grow income tax free for them. They get to use it income tax free they're going to pass on death benefit income tax-free to my grandkids. They roll it. Grows income tax-free. They pass it on. Death benefit income tax-free. What do you think the Rockefellers are doing? The exact same thing. They're buying life insurance on every Rockefeller. When they die, it goes back into the estate, goes back into the trust, whatever they have set up. And then it just keep, it continues to grow income tax-free and they use it income tax-free. Is this a loophole? No, it is how the tax code treats life insurance. We are just utilizing the tax code to our advantage. It is a benefit that you and I get to use. We're just using it. Why do wealthy people have life insurance? Why do banks own life insurance? And I don't know that I've talked about this before. And I'm going to touch on it very quickly. Our top banks own what is called BOLI, bank-owned life insurance. It is their tier one capital. It is what makes them look secure to the Federal Reserve. They own billions of dollars of cash value, trillions of death benefit, because they understand the tax advantage and they're utilizing it. We just need to utilize that Tax code, no different than you already are by buying cows and equipment and vehicles and land and whatever you need for write-offs. It's the exact same thing. We're just utilizing whole life insurance because the tax code favors it. So there's a tax advantage when you understand how to structure that policy for the maximum potential and still keep it underneath that MEC line. And that, my friends is exactly what I do. I understand that. I've studied that. That is what I am the expert in, is setting up that policy for max growth, a dividend-paying whole life policy. Not a universal, not a variable, not an indexed. A dividend-paying whole life policy. If we can create the tax-free growth and we can use it tax-free and we can pass it on, that's awesome. And if you don't understand that or you want to see those numbers because you think I'm smoking something over here, go to farmingwithoutthebank.com and on the main page, there is a blog post called Generational Wealth. 
I have the numbers in there of what the potential could be for your family. Now, if you truly want to leave a legacy and you want to leave that farm better than what you found it, generational wealth is huge. Passing this on income tax-free is huge, huge, huge. We are losing family farms on a daily basis because the next generation doesn't have the money to farm. But what if we could use income tax-free dollars and you could buy those at a discount and you could leave them to the next generation? Would that change the outlook of everything you're working so hard to build? Every day you are getting up and you're busting your butt to build it, but how are you protecting it to give the next generation a better opportunity than what you had? This is one of the major ways to do that. Income tax-free. Now, we don't have to worry about estate taxes. Maybe today, we're not gonna have to worry about those because you're most likely not gonna have a huge amount of life insurance. And right now, the estate tax, as I'm doing this podcast, the estate tax is 11 point some million dollars, right? That's a lot of money. Majority of the people aren't gonna have to worry about that. But what ha- that changes all the time. And what happens when we start passing on $11 million of death benefit? And that's something that's going to happen. If we truly do the generational wealth system, I will call it, we're going to be passing on $11 million. If you look at my blog post by the fourth generation, we're passing on $44 million. That is so exciting to me. Because what could our families do with $44 million? What could we do with it for a nonprofit? What could we do with it to help advance the farm, to create a family legacy and maybe a family corporation? That is huge. It's what the Rockefellers are doing. Can you imagine how many millions of dollars is being passed on when a Rockefeller passes away today? And how many millions is being purchased on a new Rockefeller? Because one passed away and we have more money to buy on another one? That's huge. Get over the fact that you might leave somebody rich. Put it out of your mind and think differently about that. Because we could be saving our farms. We could put the farming industry at a whole different level. We wouldn't maybe have to be fighting with everybody. We wouldn't need government money for disaster relief. We wouldn't need to buy crop insurance from them, the amount of money we spend on crop insurance. We wouldn't need that. We could be completely 100% self-efficient. We wouldn't need to go to the bank unless we wanted to go to the bank. So I think that this is huge. We just need to understand there's no loophole. There's no rose-colored picture here to say, hey, this is something that we can't do. We all get to do it. Things just, we have to take advantage of the tax code. So that those are the things that the life insurance policy offers as far as tax goes. But you cannot deduct the premiums. If you are a business and you're set up as an LLC or an S-corp, or a C-corp, and you want the corporation to pay the premium, the corporation can pay the premium, but it can't write it off as an expense. Because 
we want the death benefit to be income tax-free. That's going to be a much bigger tax implication than whatever we have today and the ability to write off some of that income or offset it with other expenses. So anybody can pay that premium. It's just going to come as income, and we're going to have to pay income tax on the premium amount before we even pay the premium. We're going to have to pay it on our income, and then everything else is going to grow income tax-free. So I hope that that answered the tax questions. You can always email me, message me, Facebook message me, whatever you want to do if you have more questions on that or if I need to be more explicit in another episode on this tax advantage. The gentleman that did email me said, you know, it would be great if you could interview an accountant on it. I wish I had an accountant to interview. If you have an accountant that is open-minded, give them the book. If they understand it, man, I'd love to connect with them. But I've yet to find an accountant that truly wants to understand it and put the time to it. Most accountants just want to do the paperwork and save you money on taxes. And I'm not here to bash accountants. I'm just saying that's what I found. And so if, if I could find an accountant to team up with and, and they could truly understand the benefit of this, it would be fantastic. The accountants that I know that do understand it have become life insurance agents because when they truly understand it, they're like, wow, I could do my clients a much better service by teaching them this concept than filing their taxes and doing all the paperwork. So let me know if you have one. But if you want to hear me talk about something, message me at maryjo at withoutthebank.com and I would be happy to do an episode on it. You can find me on Farming Without the Bank on Facebook. You can message me there as well. I am there all the time. And if you have not left a review for this podcast, please do so. Five stars would always be nice, but I'm not going to tell you how to think. So leave me whatever you believe is fair. I would very much appreciate that. And I will see you or see you. I say that all the time. I will talk to you in a couple of weeks on the next podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Farming Without the Bank podcast. We hope today's episode has inspired you to take control of your finances in new ways. Don't forget to check out our website, farmingwithoutthebank.com, and engage with us on our Facebook page, Farming Without the Bank. Join us next week as we smash more financial myths and empower you to accomplish your financial goals.